Episode 325, The Rant, Joe Gaskin, proud member of Board 41, eternally. Year in and year out, if you're watching a high school basketball game in Nassau County, chances are Joe Gaskin is at the helm. In this pod, we discuss his early life in Williston Park, his short athletic stint at St. Mary's in high school, his father being his guiding light as he watched him ref basketball, to having his own legendary career in his own right. All that and more, my conversation with Joe, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest, somebody that I have admired for a very long time from afar. Uh, certified basketball official for Board 41, somebody that's ref for over 30 years. Now, before I get into the rest of the intro... You get like a watch for that or anything special? Uh, you get the 25 years. You get a plaque. Okay, so you got a plaque. Got a plaque. So so 25 more years, you'll get a watch? Oh, you get something nice from Iabo. Again, when you hit 50. <laughs> when you hit 50 years, Iabo gives you something too. So mm. it's nice. And he's and he's donned in Iabo uh, gear. <laughs> he's dripping in Iabo. Am I? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Joe Gaskin, how are you, my friend? I'm very good, Ralph. And, and thanks for having me. I mean... Uh, Quite an honor. I've seen the list of people you've uh, interviewed, and it's, uh, I can't believe you wanted to interview me. Uh, hopefully your ratings stay high and they don't go down. <laughs> I think it's at the point we already have a built-in audience, and I think everyone has a story, including yourself. I wanted to tell you how much of an inspiration you've been for me from afar. Um, I want to say that the best referee I know, and I know a lot of referees, NBA referees, college referees, I saw a game with you. And I believe you were with Lavelle Cannon. You know Lavelle Cannon? Sure. Okay. So Lavelle Cannon kind of helped me out because he saw me referee and he's like, yo, you wasting your time. I'm like, I don't even, and this was like during a timeout. And I think he was like a parent of one of the kids that was playing. And it was like, you know, AAU game. And he's like, you are going to go far, but you're not going to go far where you're at if you're in here. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't even know what he's talking about. You know, I, I have no idea what he was talking about. And I remember this guy and as I started like having the cobwebs of like where do because you know like when you see somebody but you don't know like within what context you know them but you know his face. So I went that is the gentleman 
that inspired me to become a good referee. And you were on that game, and Tom Casey was on this game. Oh. Okay, so, and I just remember watching Lavelle, and he was gliding on the court. And that, like, put two and two together for me to, like, okay, maybe maybe there's some truth to what he was saying. So um, I remember when you were on that game, and I, I think at that point, I was, like, still doing, I, I wasn't doing Catholic League games yet. And, you know, in the beginning, like, it's just the wilderness. I remember, I think that year I did my first JV game and I'm like, why is the shot clock on? Like, what do I do with that? So, you know, you go through the beats and I just remember your calming presence and the way that, you know, Tom Casey and his veteran leadership and his experience and then Lavelle being the young guy, you guys all complimented each other. And it really inspired me to do a great game. And then, you know, I think about right before probably your biggest game since the coronavirus. And I know you've ref uh, since then, but was that B championship uh, Malvern versus Academy charter. And I was like, man, I, every time I go to those games, whether it be the B finals, the A finals, the the girls game, I always say to myself, it's like a, a gauge for me to say like, yeah, I'm not ready for this game. And I'm being honest with myself. I'm like, I'm not ready for this game. Last year was the first year I was like, I could, I could see myself on this game now. So it's so cool to see you at that stage because you know, a lot of people don't get that opportunity year in, year out. And you obviously deserve it because you can just see the amount of experience that you have. So I just wanted to tell well, you that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm fortunate. Uh, I don't I couldn't tell you how it happened or why it happened. All I know is that every time I went out and, and did a game, I did it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've told players, hey, ref, I got fouled. Look at my arm. It's red. Son, I didn't see it. I said, I want to get every call 100% right. I don't want to miss. I don't want one missed call. I said, yeah. do you ever throw the ball up and don't care if it goes in? Mm-hmm. No. I said, well, sometimes it doesn't go in, does it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, be fair to me. If I missed it, I'll cut, hopefully catch it the next time, you know? Somebody in Board 41, I, I just want to know your perception. So, like, when did you catch wind of referee rant and how much do you think it's changed, like, your perception of, like, all of this? That Because in the beginning, it was like... I'm not really going to tell anyone. I'm just going to keep doing it. And then eventually everyone will know about it. You know, I don't remember which first interview you did. Uh, I know I've listened to Al Johnson's. That might've been the first one. Uh, he I was sweating you- profusely, by the way, when he's doing it. <laughs> That's usually yeah. how it is. It could have been Al. Uh, I know I've, I've listened to James Washington, Marty Shafrilla, Chris <coughs> Tranchina. So, uh, but I think the first one, the first one might've been Al. Yeah. You know, when I found out that, that you were doing this. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's a real honor because I remember I'm always like, Joe, if you know about my show, please, I, I would love to get you. And it's like, uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. But I see that, you know, how much it's it's helped. I mean, I, th- I think about Marty's um, interview that we did. We did it at a park in Massapequa. And he was just being so real and genuine of like where he was at his life. It, to me, it's like always like a timestamp of like where you are in your officiating career. Your, your sure. ability to be able to tell your story because, you know, same thing with it just as referees, aside from like the dinner and maybe look, if you have a personal relationship that you get with referees, I know 100 percent that there will be one day where we have a battle together and we're going to be bonded forever. Absolutely. You can you can always feel that that referee <clears throat> bond because like, oh, we did a crazy game. And it's like when you have that traumatic experience with somebody as an official, you can get bonded. And that's why I love this. So, you know, going back to. March 2020, right? I think about the last super spreader event that I went at Farmingdale State when you did the B finals. And I just remember how many people that were there, how many people I knew in the crowd, yeah. right? How many people you knew in the crowd? Just the different beats of like, that's how it goes. And then 
after this, we're going to wrap this up. There's going to be the Long Island Championship. Then we're going to go to states and we're going to go to federations. And those are the normal beats that we go. But then the NBA shut down. And then on Sunday, it said uh, public schools in the city, which never closed for anything. They said that they were going to close. So, you know, going back to those moments, how were you holding up during the age of coronavirus? How's your family doing? And when was the moment going back in March and, and doing that game? Talk about that experience doing that game. When was the moment that you took the coronavirus, COVID-19, really serious? Well, <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, that was one of the last games. I think they had the AA uh, championship at the Coliseum, and uh, uh, that was the last game. And the next week, and I feel bad for, for our fellow officials who were assigned the, the regional, the Long Island regional for the following week was canceled. Uh, it was um, uh, shocking. And, and, you know, if you remember, the Big East tournament had started. Right. And I happened to be on my lunch break at work. And uh, I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, halftime, game's over. They, they canceled it, shut down the tournament, then the NCAA tournament. So you knew uh, high school wasn't going right. to happen either. Right. You know, um, that was probably my last game anyway, the, the, the B championship. I don't think I was, because I think those games were assigned already. So for me, my season ended when it should have ended. Right. You know, I, but I feel bad for the guys, especially the guys that were going upstate last year, which is a, a tremendous experience. Yes, I agree. I, I did federations two years ago, and I would have never thought that that would be the last time that the federations would happen because I remember we were thinking like, oh, okay, so now it's going to be in Fordham. It's going to be in Fordham. There's going to be more people and you're special because you went to Glen Falls. It's the last time we're going to go. And then this all happened. And, you know, I, to me, I just want to tell you what, like where I was at this place of like, okay, well, I made this whole big brand of referee rant and I'm not having a baseball season. I'm not having a lacrosse season. Uh, I don't know what's happening with basketball. They're taking down the rims in the city. And like, who am I going to interview if everyone's not reffing? But then I, I, I like flipped it in my mind and said, there's so many referees that wish they were working and they still have different lives. And I think, I think it like opened up a different can of worms of saying like, okay, there's um, a multiple dimension to this person because this person is, is a ref. Like I'm a ref, you're a ref. And and you can see that there's dimension in a person, right? That's true. So I think that it it was a good thing. So, you know, going back to that, um, was it a situation where you thought, especially like as the NBA canceled and then the NCAA postponed, was it a situation where you thought like, oh, in two weeks we'll be good? Well, uh, at my job, I'm a sergeant in the uh, courts in Queens. And originally when we f- they found out about this pandemic, they asked for people who want to volunteer for the next two weeks. They're going to shut down, but we still have to have staffing. So they came around thinking it was going to last two weeks. You willing to volunteer? I went, okay, I'll come in. That was two weeks. <laughs> and we're still, we're still, we've, we've increased staffing, but it's still, uh, it's still not normal yet. Yeah. You know, um, Back, back in March, uh, my daughter uh, was getting married. One of my daughters was getting married May 1st. And uh, we had uh, uh, the bridal shower planned for March. And this, well, that got canceled. So my, my daughter, Katie, she, uh, they postponed because the reception hall wasn't going to be able to have the reception. So they postponed it to August 1st. I said, oh, good, August 1st. No problem. You'll, you'll be able to get that done. Well, August 1st comes around and uh, catering halls are still limited. Uh, Long story short, uh, they said, well, we don't know what's going to happen for the future. So we're getting married today. Mm. So we had the mass at the church. 
We had uh, pitches there and everything. It was a beautiful day. We went back to a, a local place that helped, you know, let us 50 people. We had some hors d'oeuvres and drinks and celebrated. Uh, she's now postponed. Her reception is going to happen April 17th of this year, so a little less than three weeks. Wow. But they are married. And my other daughter, Christy, she was uh, getting married October 23rd. I said, oh, everything's going to be back to normal by then. Well, certainly October 23rd comes around and she's not able to do it. She goes, well, we're going to do the same thing. We don't know what's going to happen next year. We'll get married. So they got married uh, on October 23rd. We had the church. We had a small reception at the reception hall. They let us have 50 people or there's drinks. And well, her reception is going to be October 24th. So I truly think things will be normal or <laughs> a lot normal in, in theory. <laughs> yeah. by October, yeah. you know, but uh other than that, we've had our health. You know, my son-in-laws, my daughters, we've had our health, which is is big. Uh, not everybody can say that, you know. And uh, like everybody else, just just trying to get through it. Yeah, I, I was also going to say that even though it probably was more intimate and not really what they signed up for, because I did go to a pandemic wet, wedding, uh, I want to say in October. And I just remember it, it was like a mixture of like sad that we couldn't make it a real party but also thankful that you haven't seen these people for so long. Yes, exactly. And, and then that they had the ability to at least see them. And Mason is always interrupting me. Here you go. Thank you. Okay. Next room. Um, they had the ability to at least have it. And, you know, it's interesting to hear that. First of all, congratulations oh, to both you. of your daughters. Thank but you. Um, you think about how, it's, it's something that they wish wouldn't happen, but it's something that they'll never forget, right? And, and it's, Absolutely. It's, and it's I weird. Them, if you can get through this year, you're going to get through every, anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they sent out invitations for the first one. Then they had to send out more invitations. Now she just sent out other invitations, which they had to cut the list down because you only allowed 150 people. So it's, it's been tough. But listen, if that's the worst thing yeah. that happens to us, then, then we're ahead of the game. Officiating must have been on a back burner all that time. You know, you were trying to deal with the organization of your daughters and trying to figure out what, what was the next step. But I know for me, refereeing was was very far from my mind. Yeah. Right. There was rim, the rims weren't even up in the city. Like Absolutely. it just wasn't even happening. So I just remember I was just going about my day uh, in January and I'm thinking like, all right, well, nothing's going to happen. And then one day they just say that high risk sports are going to be played. And I think the repercussions of that was since that Governor Cuomo made it the jurisdiction of whatever county that they were in to figure out what they wanted to do, I would have never thought that in the city where there's over 90 Catholic schools in the Catholic League and there's oh, there's thousands of schools in the PSAL, I didn't know that it would be advantageous that the small slice of public school games that they have in Nassau County and the small slice of the Catholic League Long Island would be advantageous this year yeah. because they had such a smaller infrastructure. What were your initial thoughts when you found out that high risk sports were going to be played? And then now you had to think like, I don't even know where my jacket is. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I was fortunate enough because of my job, I was eligible to get the vaccination pretty early on. Because uh, certainly before that, I'm saying, well, I want a ref, but am I going to be hurting myself? Going to be safe. Am I going to be mm-hmm. hurting my family? So that was going through my mind. And uh, I was able to get uh, both shots just after the public season started. So I got my second shot on Valentine's Day the 14th. I think I had a game on the 12th. So I refed the publics and the Catholics this year uh, knowing I had the vaccination. Now, certainly it, it doesn't make you invincible because you had the vaccination, but it made me more confident that uh, I, I am protected. 
So, and I have to say, uh, I thought the public schools and, and Catholic schools uh, followed what they were supposed to do mm-hmm. to a T, uh, you know, with the testing and uh, with the uh, temperatures and the applications and the amount of people, no people uh, that they had in the stands, you know. But it was a weird feeling, uh, reffing this year, um, more so in the publics because it was like doing a scrimmage. Yeah. You know, it was like there was, except, except for a couple of schools mm-hmm. and coaches still get a little excited. Yeah, and also I think like, I'll give you an example. So St. <laughs> Mary's who has a small gym already, yeah. their live stream was so close that you can hear Ira. You know what I'm saying? So I remember I made a block call and I, I hesitated because the ball was kind of like going around the rim and he thought I was going to call the charge, but I, I held it and then it rolled around the rim. And then when it went in, I went block, count the goal. And he's like, you must be confused. And you can hear it so clear <laughs> on the live stream because it's so close. And then you think about Kellenberg, which I don't rep those games, but you can see that it's all the way like all bird's up. eye view. Yeah. And I think that was like a cool wrinkle that just because of the the mother of in, in the invention, the necessity of having it streamed. Yes. Like it, it changed things. I was like, oh, look, Kaz is refing with Jim Boric. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it was, it was interesting. And I did find myself watching the games, whether it was my game or anybody else's game. It was nice being able to see it, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, so, uh, but got through the year, you know, and, and the Catholics, you know, because they had playoffs, you know, they had, uh, uh, you know, first, second, semis, finals. Um, it was uh, a little more intense. Um but, uh, and it was nice to know that, geez, you know, they'll be, uh, maybe I'll be fortunate enough to get a, a playoff game, right. you know, where, where the, the, the public's, you know, all right, nine games, season over. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but it, I'm, I'm glad the basketball part of my brain was, was flowing. Yeah. Were you, would, were you like, oh, I don't, I think I might be rusty. And then, oh, okay, I can do that. And then the getting used to the mask and all that. Absolutely. Getting used to the mask was big. Uh, I did wear it. Throughout the entire game, you know, I know it was it was optional once the game started, I, I think, but I just elected to wear it, you know, and I thank God I stayed healthy. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy that you got a season. I'm yeah. happy that I got a semblance of season. And oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to baseball, and I think that's happening in like a month. But Good. Um, during this whole time, I'd say from March, and and now we're taping this like late March, we've had a whole year to adjust with this, and I think about just like, you know, I always think of it as like as much as it's a negative thing. It's it, it to me. It's like I remember when you're when you're really young and you might have like a sibling that's like five years older, and you're like, "Well, I'm taller. Yeah, I'm older. I'm I'm faster." But you know, old age catches up with everyone. So when somebody always goes like, oh, you're old," I'm like, "Yeah, you're getting old with me." So I don't care how old you are. You're going to be old. It's not like you're devoid of that. And you know, I just think about the coronavirus in the same way that as much as you think it sucks and how much I think it sucks it's clearly going to be here for a, a while, right? Right. So we have to adjust. We have to figure it out, like taking food to go, um, having less people and just doing things differently. I know I find it so weird when I start seeing like, like a basketball game on YouTube and there's like a big crowd and I'm just like, wow, this must've been definitely before March, 2020. Right. Cause again, it can't be anytime soon. Mason did another interruption by me opening up the Pellegrino, but I wanted to ask you during this whole time from a year from March 2020 to March 2021, now that you've experienced all this, you've seen your daughters attempt to get married yes. and, and then get married and then still have a reception and then not thinking about basketball and then getting back on the court and then getting the vaccine and then where we are at this moment in time where we have got used to um, living with the virus. What do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time? 
um, it's out of our control. Uh, you know, usually any kind of situations that come up in our lives, you like to think, all right, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Not that we can do here. We have to uh, listen to our politicians and uh, the health department and uh, just hope that they uh, are right. I mean, if you remember 9-11, they said the air was clean. And how many guys, firemen, cops, you know, are are coming down with with cancer now and and have passed away. So, you know, they said the air was clear, but obviously it wasn't. So, you know, I got the shot. I got to hope that that they know what they're talking about and that uh, we stay healthy. And, uh, again, we're in this together, all of us in this world. And um, just got to hope somehow we get back to normal. I mean, I, as you can see, we have made some progress, yeah. right? And uh, we can only hope it continues that way, but only time will tell. Yeah. Listen, I, I first, I'd say around this time last year, I read this book called The Pale Rider, and it was about the 1919 Spanish flu. It took them about two and a half years. And that's when I knew. And everyone was like, no, nah, you're just an alarmist. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Literally all the same things happened the same exact way. Right. To the frustration, to the panic, to the uh, I'm scared of what's going to happen next, to the economic fallout. I mean, all of these things were written. It's happened before. And ironically, it's happened literally 100 years ago. So it's Amazing. not as if like we don't know that. But that's, you know, I think our hubris of saying like we're you like when Hurricane Sandy happened, they weren't like, oh, look at Long Island. There's so many people around Long Beach. Like, let's 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 get away from there. No, they don't. It's right. we're the ones that have made everything and we try to make yeah. a living for ourselves. And unfortunately, the best thing about humans is the worst thing because we can rationalize these things as if like we're in control of it. So that's a perfect way to put it. Um, You know, I'm so excited to have you on this because, you know, when I talk about refereeing, like the more I'll get to know you is like when we're on the court before the game, you get to know somebody between halftime and then that time when you're getting dressed and then leaving. And then hopefully, oh, you'll see somebody in the dinner and you say, oh. I think that this is a perfect opportunity to just hear your whole story in its totality. And having said that, just talk about where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? Well, this will be brief, my athletic career. (laughs) Um, I grew up in Williston Park, um, played CYO basketball. Uh, We had 12 guys. I was the 12th man. Um, Went to St. Mary's High School where I tried out for uh, the freshman team. Um, I was small. I was uh, maybe 5'5", five, five, you know, 130 pounds. Uh, I wasn't very good, but I said, let me try out for it. Um, got cut, no surprise. Uh, and then um, for the rest of my, uh, I played soccer, JV soccer, sophomore year. No clue what I was doing. I didn't play uh, soccer growing up, so it was my first experience uh, and my last. Um, and then um, I, I got to track. I was a high jumper. Not the greatest. I did get a gold medal at the Mole Games, uh, but that was because of my partner. It was a relay, <laughs> the high jump. I, I did my I did my five six, but he uh, yeah he did the six feet and uh, and then I went to college. Um, went to Nassau, didn't play sports. Went to uh, school up in Providence, Johnson and Wales. Um, I was in hotel and restaurant management. Uh, again, just intramurals up there. Uh, I did finally grow at St. Mary's uh, and. Uh, my gym teacher, who you know, Cazalillo. I've never heard of that guy. <laughs> and there was another guy, my gym teacher, Jimmy Risa. I don't know if you got to know him. No. He, yeah, he was board for the one well-respected official. Uh, he, he gave uh, fishing up, now he retired. 
But uh, Kaz told me, Gaskin, don't worry, you're going to grow. Your father's 6'4", you're going to grow. And sure enough, uh, by junior year, I grew a little too late. For and basketball. you believe this short guy. You like this short guy is <laughs> telling you that you're going to grow. <laughs> I believed him. Yes, okay. I, I, I believed him. And little did I know, uh, Kaz, then as I know him now, I definitely would have believed him. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, yeah. And then went to college, uh, graduated, uh, gave the uh, hotel restaurant management uh, field a couple of years. Didn't go the way I wanted. Went down to Wall Street because that's where all my friends were working. Got a, not a rich job there and worked there. And then the courts called and I, I became a court officer since 90 and I'm still going strong. Wow. 1990. And it seems like 1990, like that's when I start remembering things of like what was happening. Like the Reds won the championship. And I remember that because like I had no cable. So like when the, when the World Series was on, like I was just glued to the TV because you can't like recreate like playoff baseball. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. You know, before I go into that, how was Mr. DeLillo as a uh, physical education teacher? Fantastic. The best. All right. He is the assigner for the Catholics, so I have to say that. <laughs> uh, no, he, he was good. And it was good because um, my dad was in Board 41 as well. Uh, so Kaz knew my father. Mm. So it was, uh, it was not that I knew Kaz outside of school, but it was nice uh, knowing that uh, there was somebody there that knew my dad from basketball and, uh, you know, he, uh, I guess looked out for me, yeah. you know, so it was nice. So the little interjecting assistant that just came here to open up cookies and then yes. the Pellegrino, I often think about what his perception is of officials because like he sees daddy doing it and he sees daddy talking to all of these uncles that he gets on the, on the, yes. uh, on the rant. Um, what was your perception of officials since your dad was involved and you know, you also too, I think, which is like a, a gift is that when you're self-aware that you're not good at sports as a kid is so much better than you thinking what you think that you think that you are. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't want to embarrass my father. So uh, any sports I ever played, uh, refs weren't going to hear from me because my dad's a ref. So why am I going to yell at, at this guy? And my dad might know him. So I, I was, I was pretty good. I, you know, I, I didn't, you know, the times I got into the games, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a, a ref a hard time. Yeah. You know, uh, it wasn't until my lady is, I played a lot of softball. I was playing before oh I got boy. married three or four, four uh, leagues a year. That's when you started. Well, yes. My dad, with the played, banter. Yeah. Well my, well, my dad played in the Phillies organization. He okay. was a, he was a pitcher. Uh, and, uh, so th the gene was in me. It just was uh, a late bloomer. <laughs> uh, it I got unlocked later on. Yeah, got I would you. have loved it if it was in high school, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah. So I, I played, uh, I played softball up till about probably about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but originally, before I was married, four leagues. And I got married, we had kids. My wife said, you know, are you going to give some of it up? I gave up one league. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. So that that was my sport. Uh, and I became fairly good at right. it. Right. Yeah. Funny you should know, the second sport that I ever officiated, for, ba basketball was my fourth sport. My second sport was softball. So imagine me, I have no experience of officiating. I'm watching, and I, I did um, ASA. So it's 6 to 12 arc. I have no idea what I'm looking at, right? So my, I remember my first day, it was one of those like um, those plate leagues where you put oh, the, the mat. mat. The mat, right. yeah. So the mat is an automatic strike, right? Sure. Yeah. So it hits the mat the first time, and I call a ball. And they're all like, blue, what is it, your first day? And I'm thinking like, it is my first day. <laughs> it's definitely my first day. And I'm like, no, it's not my first day. And I was getting defensive because I didn't know how to control the whole situation. 
And I mean, it just devolved into something so bad. I'll never forget. Like after the first, like the first, the top of the first inning, I had beads of sweat. And that was probably the longest officiating experience that I ever had. But as I got into basketball and it was only one coach yelling at me, I'm like, this is it. Like I'm so used to natty light, everyone behind the plate telling me about how bad my strike zone is. I mean, those are, it's, it's a very harrowing experience being a baseball umpire or softball umpire. Sure. So it's interesting to hear that you were into that, but what made you start getting into? And I think also subconsciously that your father was an official There had to be a moment in time where you were like, okay, I can see myself doing this. Or maybe you were reluctant to do it because, you know, I honestly think that I don't, I don't really pressure my son to do it. I mean, he probably will do it just by osmosis, but I'm interested to see how you got to that conclusion. Well, Rob, you mentioned everything, all the above that you just said, reluctant, wanted to, all the above. Um, I, I could tell you, I went to so many of my father's games. Um, you know, he did the Publix, he did the Catholics. And then he made it to the college ranks. And uh, back then there was no Big East or anything like that. It was ECAC. Um, but I would go to his games and uh, uh, I loved it. I'd carry his bag and uh, I said, you know, I'm, I want to be like my dad. And uh, I'm going to become a ref, you know, someday. And, uh, you know, my dad was, was, was very into it. He was the president of, of Board 41 as well as the president of IABO uh, back in the early 90s. And uh, Board 41 hosted the spring meeting here. Wow. It was a great experience, great experience. But, um, yeah, so my dad, uh, you know, I graduated from college in 83, so I wasn't going to rep before that. And uh, so that fall, my father goes, oh, are you going to take the class? So it's going to start in a few weeks. Um, all right. I was hesitant. I, I couldn't see myself... Uh, ref in a game, getting screamed at, like I think any new official. Right. So um, you know, the class came and went. I didn't do it. Uh, next year, 85, so you're going to take the class? I said, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Class came and went. Finally, he stopped asking me. And I don't blame him, you know? But again, I, I couldn't get over that. Oh, God, can I do this? I don't know. Right. And uh, finally, finally, 1988, I said, I, I said I'm going to take the class this year. Goes, oh, okay, good. I take the class, I pass, and uh, rest is history. Um, but uh, it certainly uh, was and is a, a learning experience. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, you, it, 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 you should learn something every year. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, like I said, I just finished my thirty third year, and uh, there are things you you learn. I, I when I first started, I would go to varsity game after varsity game on my own. Um, just to watch guys, situations, you know. I never knew who was refing. Uh, then I would go, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? I just go to the games that were that were nearby here or a little further, and by chance, two veteran guys were working. I just watched them and watched them the way they handled situations and put it up here in my head. Mm. Then there are other times, my own experiences. So then, you know, besides learning from the, the veteran guys watching games, I'd learn from my experiences, mm-hmm. good or bad, geez, I should have handled that differently. You know, uh, I remember one time, my first year of RC, which was 90. Um, okay, so pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, pretty quickly. It took me only three years. And I'm only That's saying this good. because Tommy said nine years. I went nine years. <laughs> you must have been doing something super wrong. And I feel so bad for some of those guys yeah. that it takes that long because it's so easy to get uh, dejected. And, uh, geez, I, I'm good. I should be, uh, 
you know, you probably are. Yeah. But for whatever reason, and, and it's not a perfect system, the ratings, it's not. I don't have the answers. Right. But it is what it is. Um, but anyway, so I would learn from my own experiences to this day. Mm-hmm. To this day. I had a game probably four or five years ago. Uh, uh, they go try to do an alley-oop, okay? They missed the ball. The player thinks he got fouled, which he didn't. It was a TV game. Mm-hmm. I'm working with Chris Tranchina. And uh, he goes, uh, where the F to foul? Where the F to foul? I just tee him up right then and there. Bang. Unbeknownst to me, the other team is going for an uncontested layup, and my whistle stopped the play. Wow. Now, how could I have handled that better? Well, I don't know if anybody else heard him say where the F to foul is, but if I would have turned around, saw it, okay, now I take him. Nobody else heard him. So we got the layup, we get the two shots, and they get the ball, and everybody would have been happy. Well, needless to say, the coach, the coach who I took the uncontested layup from was not happy. Even mm. though he was down by 30, all right, he still felt like, and I did. And you know what? And uh, I should have been able to hold off on that whistle. Yeah. Like you said, it with your experience with Ira, you held off, you know. And I learned from that, and that was only, you know, Four, four, five years. Oh yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. This know? is this is a game that does not love you. It, does, it, does. <laughs> it never you, does. And you always have to think you're not perfect. Never. You know, I need to get better. I need to mm-hmm. learn. I mean, am I seasoned? Yes, I'm seasoned. That that came over time. You know, not everybody. Although you're very good as a, as a younger official, mm-hmm. you are very poised. You know, uh, maybe it's because you other sports you did and such, yeah. but. You know, it, it comes with time, and the confidence level comes with time. I'd be nervous before every game. You know, my first 10 years, oh, my God, it's going to be a tough game. Mm. You know, and, uh, you know, then once you get into it, and you know, blowing a whistle, it, uh, you know, okay, it's not yeah. so bad. I, I just can't imagine you not being boys because I've seen you such at an uh, advanced stage of experience. And the way I could tie that in of when you were saying about just, you know, I don't want to get yelled at by these people. I think about your experience was on steroids. Like my son has seen me do a college game. My son has seen me do a varsity game. So like, I remember when I started doing baseball, my only experience, I'd never played little league. I've never played like a club team or whatever, never played baseball in high school. So my perception of baseball is watching the Yankees, right? So when I did a middle school game, I went, oh my God, these kids can't catch. These kids can't. And so I'd, I'd never... I never thought about the grassroots level of it. And you probably didn't think about it the same way too, because your dad was the president. So you're watching him do big game after big game. And even if it's not a big game, it's big boys. That's right. So when you got into middle school experience, what was that like just going through that? uh, Basically when I first started, I was doing CYO and BOCES. That's it. And uh, CYO at the time was giving you 30, 40 games. And a lot of them were were one man games. And, and I'm talking about seventh grade. I know they got two men now or something. But one man, seventh grade, A, is tough, mm. especially when you're a younger official. It's tough as a season official. I haven't done CYO in quite some time, but it was tough as a season official. But in the beginning, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need another guy out here. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> you know? and, uh, but again, I didn't know at the time, but I was learning. Mm. I was learning. I was gaining experience. I mean, I did men's leagues games. Whoa. I, you know, if if that if I hadn't had a few years of of, of reffing, I probably would have stopped reffing. I remember reffing a, a men's league down in Glen Cove. They had a guy that that retired from the Detroit Lions playing a lineman, 
And I think he thought he was still playing football. And these guys are screaming at me. And you know, thank God, I forget who the assigner was, but he, he, you had a good partner. Mm. So, so, you know, they kind of protected me, you know, early on, knowing that I was a, a new official. But, um, you know, I just, uh, just wanted to do, do my game. And, and do it the best of my ability. I'm sure I would love to see video. I don't know if it exists anymore, <laughs> but I would love to see those first yeah. couple of games. I remember my dad, because uh, they moved to South Carolina in 90, but he was up and he was watching me. I was doing a, a CYO game and he came by to see me ref. And I said, how did I do? All right, you did good. You're not bringing your hand up, your arm up. I said, what do you mean? Sure I am. He goes, no, you're not. You're not. Now I thought I was doing all right. I wasn't pr- putting my arm up. So that... I concentrated on, on that and, uh, you know, thank God I, I, he was there, but I didn't know, you know, yeah. but I would love to see some of those early videos and see how bad or good <laughs> I was, you know? Right. But, uh, I think two of us, we are, <clears throat> you know, very fortunate to get up to the varsity level so quickly because <clears throat> I, I, I know I'm, I'm very self-aware that not everyone gets that because it, it's a slow drip. And I mm-hmm. also say to people that there's so many other jobs you don't have to focus on one job and make it your single-minded purpose because you'll get disappointed. And I'll say the quicker that I stop worrying about it is the quicker that I got it. There you go. <clears throat> and that's, that's tough. That's like a tough thing to like really uh, explain to somebody when they're in the moment. But I will say for me, what happened for me was first of all, shout out to Kaz DeLillo. He's the one that gave me my first varsity shot on the girl's side. So I am beautiful. forever indebted to him. Mm-hmm. I did a JV game at St. Dom's, I want to say like four years ago. And I remember that particular game, it was, was wire to wire going back and forth. I want to say there was like 20 lead changes in that game. It went to overtime, right? So then now you could see the St. Dom's crowd just swelling. And then the second overtime happened. Then the DJ came and then he was getting ready for the varsity game. Then you can see the the uh, the crew that was the varsity game because like they're already dressed and they their game was supposed to happen 10 minutes ago and it turned into be Jeff Harris, Brian Descala and Kaz. Right. And they saw me and you know after when we got back into the locker room they're like you really you really handled yourself and and to me I think that was where my break was. Like sure. I think that's where I was finally known. And you know sometimes you feel like you're in the wilderness. Do you feel like you had like one of this one shining moment where it like propelled you to the, to that level? You know, good question. Um, I could only assume because I don't know it for a fact, but uh, I did a, a playoff game many years ago with Bob Testa and uh, it was a great game. And we had a, a play at the buzzer, good block. Uh, I was a trail. Bobby was the lead. Good block. No whistle. Game ends. One team win, one team loses. Um, before the game, the team the team that ended up winning, uh, Sammy Dominic came to watch me watch the game. So he uh, uh, he was talking to one of the assistants, and they go. He goes. The assistant goes to him. What's the big guy doing on, on the game? And Sammy, what? He's a good official. What are you talking about? Oh, well, I I do the list, and he's he's on the you know do not work list. He goes. Well, go watch him. Okay, I do the game. They win, of course. But it was a great game, Ralph. You know, one of those games you felt great. You were on everything. Um, and uh, I thought that was my big break. It just seemed like after that, I started getting semifinals, finals. And, and again, you don't know who's in the stand. You yeah. may have a coach who doesn't know you or a coach who didn't think you were good. But, yet, wait, what's he doing in this game? He must be good. Maybe it's me. Maybe I, I, I have him wrong, you know. 
But a funny story after that game, as I learned, uh, like I said, I thought that was my my break and and it opened up postseason after postseason. But the, the losing coach went up to uh, uh, our board president at the time, Billy Saw Jr. And uh, so we had one coach happy. We had another coach. Uh, how do I go about uh, if I don't want two refs to work my games anymore? <laughs> so you had the one guy and the one coach saw me at the top 100 in September, October and said, Gask, you and Bobby, great game. Still talking about it. Still talking about it. So he's not trying to butter me up or anything like that. But he, uh, uh, you know, he was, he thought that we did a franchise and I thought we did a franchise. So it's nice to know that. And yet you had one guy who doesn't want to see you ever again, you know? Yeah, well, that's that's the polarizing <laughs> thing of officiating. It's like this guy's happy, and this guy's definitely not going to be happy. But you gotta, you gotta know when to, you just gotta shoot. That's it. You're gonna shoot. You're gonna stab people in the front. I don't care. That's yeah. what it is. Like we're cool, right? Right. But that's the call. What do you want me to tell you? There's nothing, to, and there's no greater thrill. And I know you mentioned Sam Dominic, yeah. your father, so many people that have helped you, Bob Testa. If you can list any other mentors that you've had, sure. what they've done for your career, and you know, moving forward now as that you have emeritus and you are, you know, part of the board that represents very strongly. Um, what are, what's advice that you can give some people that, that are coming after you? Well, you know, uh, I, I have had a lot of people, I'm probably going to miss some, but, uh, you know, like Tom Casey Jr. My very first playoff game wasn't a, a first round game of playing. It was a semifinal. Wow. My first playoff game. Talk about being nervous. But I walk in there, and who did the game before me? But Kaz, and I forget his partner. All right, it was at uh, it was at Roslyn, and uh, I think it was TV or maybe News Twelve was there. But anyway, needless to say, I was five years on varsity. I'm nervous, and it's a semifinal. Who was my partner? Tom Casey Jr. You want to talk about somebody making you feel comfortable? Tom did. Oh, no different than the other game, like Hoosiers, ten foot rim, you know. And uh, I went out, and uh, I thought we did a great job. And uh, we came out of there. Nobody was talking about, uh, oh, I don't want to see these guys again. You know, it was, it was just nice, a nice feeling. And, and, uh, and like I say, I, I owe that to Tommy. And Kaz had a couple of words to say before the game. Don't worry about it, Gaskin. Don't worry, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, Bill Saw Sr., you know, uh, I was very fortunate. Sammy, Sammy Dominic says, you know, Going back when, when Bill was still alive, uh, I call him Mr. Saw because I met him when I was a kid. Um, why don't you call Billy? Have him, take him to a game. I said, you know, I'll do that. And I picked him up at his home in, in East Rockaway, and we were going to Chaminade. And it was one of those, I didn't care if we were in two hours of traffic, although I couldn't afford it because would, I would be late for the game. But the stories that he would have been a great interview for you, a great interview People, it was probably three hours long. Yeah, well, <laughs> I had Don Landolvi. <laughs> Too old. <laughs> but Billy, what a, the stories, you know, he repped in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Stories he told were just amazing. I could sit there forever, you know. But I brought him to the game, and then there were people that knew him and uh, uh, made him feel so good. And uh, I'm so happy and thankful Sammy told me to do it, suggested I do that, and I did it, and I took him to the game. And... Uh, what a great gentleman. Did you get to know him at all? Oh. Bill Saw? I, I did not. Yeah. That's before my time. What a guy. Yeah. What a guy. He don't hold back. He tells you like it is, but uh, what a guy. But he was big. Uh, Jimmy Green. Did you get to know Jimmy? I did not. Uh, yeah. Another guy. This no. is on Mount Rushmore yeah. of 41 guys, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but what a, uh, I mean, great ref, nicer man.
And, uh, you know, he was important uh, in my life, uh, in my referee life, you know. And, of course, like I said, my dad uh, was important. But, you know, my dad, he let me learn on my own. He didn't say, oh, watch this guy, watch that guy. You know, watch that coach. Which I think in hindsight was probably the best Absolutely. way, right? You don't Absolutely. want him to. I don't want him. Because also at the same time, I think of it as like, I tell my son all the time, you're the smartest person that I know right now, but I'm smarter than you because I'm older than you. And I'm going to make it so hard for you to ever surpass me, but you will surpass me. Right. But you're going to have to figure that out on your own. Well, that's it. And I, uh, you know, I was thankful my father did that. I would have appreciated, but no, he, yeah, listen, and I'm going to tell you a funny story. I got, uh, I got a call. Early in my referee career, uh, my dad passed in 95. So this is pre-95. And uh, I get a call from, from Jay at Bose. He said, oh, listen, I got to take you off your game this week. I said, oh, okay, everything, you know, what happened? Well, we just, I'll, I'll get you another game. Okay. I said, well, listen, uh, one of the schools I have in two weeks, so, uh, you know, what are we going to do with that game? He goes, oh, keep that game. Keep it. So anyway, uh, I call my father. I said, yeah, I got taken off a game. And he goes, oh, Who? I told him the teams and he goes, uh, he probably thinks you're me. Same name, Joe Gaskin, Joe. Mm. He probably thinks you're me. I said, well, you know, I have in two weeks, so I'll let you know what happens. Fast forward now, my father passed away in 95. I bet you it was what, 21, probably in, probably eight or nine years ago. The same coach that my father, you know, that, that we think took me off the game, that my father said he probably thinks I'm you, uh, told me a story. And he says, ask, I got to tell you a story. Uh, back when I was young and I was an idiot, um, we would do the scrim, uh, we, were, we were scrimmaging Wheatley. And your dad came in this, and I was acting like an asshole. And he goes, you know what? Your father turned around and said, you know what? F this. I don't need this. I'm out of here. And he goes, I thought that he told you about me. And that's why I didn't want you on my games. Wow. And I said, well... I said, coach, he never told me this story. He never told me about you. So I really appreciate that, my father, because, uh, you know, if, if he says, oh, this guy's a jerk, this guy, you know, I'm going in there with a preconceived, uh, you know, notion already, right. and uh, which is bad. You can't do that with a rep. It's nice to know. It's nice to have a scanner report. Right. You know, I always feel, listen, you had, uh, you know, so-and-so school. Hey, watch number 20. It gets a little dirty. I like to know that information. Yeah, he yeah, might yeah, be yeah, clean yeah. as a whistle right. in my game, but it's nice to know because before he does something silly, we can maybe have it. Yeah. And it, I, I think it's a great uh, tool. But Yeah. I, I also think that, like we talked about before, just the critical thinking component of refereeing, you can find somebody that you like trust wholeheartedly, and it might be bad advice for you, Yeah, right? Like, so... I know I'm very similar with Kaz. Like, I have a personality. I like to talk. I just like to, you know, keep it loose. <laughs> yeah. I like to crack jokes while I'm reffing. But that doesn't mean I'm not poised. That doesn't no. mean I'm not going to make the right decision. But I know some referees aren't like that. Some of them are more tightly wounded. Some of them, like, I, they need to be just serious at all yeah. times. You got to respect everybody. So, absolutely, you know, that's not the same advice that I'm going to give to somebody. Like, let's be personable. No, no, that, that might not fit for yeah. them. So, right. And that no. comes over time, too. Yeah. You know, you gain that confidence. I had a game. Uh, I was working with John Zeitler and Dr. Red Rosenthal. Uh, we were doing the uh, B final, A final, A final. And uh, it was uh, Elmont and Southside. What a game. Great game. It went to overtime. And it was going to the second overtime. And as we were getting together after the first overtime, and it happened to be John Zeitler's last public school game because he was moving down south, I said, John, I hope this game never ends. 
I didn't care if we went into multiple overtime. It was a great game to officiate. Mm. The coaches let us ref. The players let us ref. And and it was a fantastic game. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, you know, when I was younger, and I'm nervous in these games, I can't wait till the game to be over. Oh, God, good. I got to throw it clean. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. You. Thank I, you. I, I know. Exactly. Listen, <laughs> thank you. I've done so many big games in the city. My first varsity game here, it was with, with Doc. And I just remember he was so critical on me. And I was like, man, why am I more nervous for this game in Syosset than I am at Christ the King? Like, it I would was ask you confusing. the same question. I would ask that same question. You. Why? Yeah. You've done so many more bigger I, games. I know, but it's it's like, it, also at the same time, even though it's not big in terms of like bigger players, bigger venue, more people, it's still my home. Yeah. I'm still from Nassau County. I want to excel at the highest level where I'm from, too. Yeah. And just th- thinking about Doc, like Doc has refed my games when I was a kid. So just to see him on the court and, you know, work with him and understand like what it's going and, you know, it feels different in Nassau County. And, you know, I really enjoy it. And I, I said to, I even said to Kaz uh, earlier this season, I'm probably going to make it ever since the coronavirus. I'm probably going to make it a permanent change where I'm going to be more around, you know, doing these games over here. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just like like being home. (laughs) You know, I like being home. And you know, uh, I'm finding a lot of guys are starting to feel that way too, that that do the city or do the the colleges and stuff. Now they're saying, you know, their family's young, they want to, and that's the most important thing. Uh, I have to thank my wife for letting me do Mm -hmm. what I love. Um, Because uh, without that, you you probably don't have a good referee career. I mean, either you're going to give it up, you're going to get divorced. I mean, I remember when we were uh, in the class, and I don't remember who said it. It might have been Jimmy Green, might have been somebody else. But anyway, uh, you have to put things in prioritize order. Your family, your job, and then refereeing. You need your family. You need your job. It pays the bills. Unless unless you're making it to the next level and you're getting those uh, you know, $3,000, $4,000 checks and that's going to be your career, okay, that's one thing. But uh, they always said it's important. Family, job. And then basketball. Yeah. And those, those are words to live by. Mm-hmm. And I've been very fortunate and thankful to my wife, Sue, for letting me have fun uh, for 33 years. I think I faked her out, you know, that it, it's money coming in. So she was okay. That made it a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know? She's good to go to Stop and Shop yeah, really fast. A, exactly. Well, maybe Macy's or something <laughs> like that, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it you have to have, uh, you know, your family, you know, and... Uh, I was fortunate. Yeah, it's it's good to have that support. Yeah. Did you ever have any overtures of trying to officiate any other sports? I didn't. I didn't. I was. Uh, I didn't want to push. I didn't go. Hey, you know, don't you want to do lacrosse? We got lacrosse. <laughs> you know, he may have said something. Soccer. Know? We need soccer. I know. I know. I, I do the men's league in Floor Park, and we and uh, Greg Mayhoffer, the former coach at uh, Floor Park. I think he was in Glen Cove too. Real nice guy. Uh, called me up one year, twenty some odd years ago. So I want to do the men's league. All right. You know. I'll do it. And uh, it was an experience. It was an experience. But Greg, when he was up there, Joe, you ever think of getting to the girls? I said, jeez, uh, I don't know. You know, I have, but I haven't, you know. And yeah, that is, that is a burning question that I'd yeah, like to know. you know. Well, you know, I think, I think I, you know, I've been to a lot of clinics, mm-hmm. uh, non-working clinics, but speakers, you know, Timmy Higgins, Jim Bird, Joey Crawford. I mean, there was a, uh, this one, John Koskinen, uh uh, former D1 uh, official, lives down in the Philly area. He used to run this clinic at Wildwood, Wildwood Crest, right on the beach, beautiful. And it was just uh, uh, lectures, you know. But the guys he would get, Hank Nichols, John Adams, when he was the uh, referee, uh, NCAA, you know, officials. Um, and it was just it was just fantastic. 
uh, listening to these guys and uh, the stories they told. And I forgot my train of thought while I was going. <laughs> and we were talking about doing other sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they always, they would say, you know, like there's a, this one guy, Joe Mayo, uh, at, this cl- at that lecture, and uh, he was a top-rated girls official, uh, WNBA, and he was at this uh, clinic. And uh, John goes, you know, Joe, you know, you're, you're a great official, but what's your one greatest uh, thing that you wanted to do? Work men's, work the men's league. Here he is, a fantastic girls official uh, on a college, on the WNBA, but he would rather have been a men's college official. But that's the way he went. He was very successful at it. Um, as far as other sports, like I said, I never thought about doing other sports. I did think about the girls, but then I seen, you know, some of our, our, our very good uh, boys officials who do the girls game. And then there's always a conflict come postseason. I know that conflict. There you go. I do. And that was one thing that kind of held me back. Mm. I don't, I don't want to have that conflict. I enjoy doing uh, the boys and I know the girls a little different on yeah, the high school yeah. level, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but uh, I, I was good. I was good by it. And uh, I always live by the word. be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, I never, I never called, uh, reached out to any other leagues. That's just my style to work. But how I got to do other leagues, I did the Armenian League, the Greek League, the Yeshiva League, um, were guys that, that reached out to me. Or I work a game, Tony Delway, I ref a game. A couple, we had like two or three games in a two-week span at Wheatley High School. And Tony said, hey, Joe, I assigned the Greek League. You know, I like the way you work. I, you know, what do you think about work? I said, oh, when are the games? He tells me when the games are. I said, oh, I'd, I'd love to. And sure enough, I started doing those games. And he always used good guys, so he always knew it's going to be fun, right? Yeah, yeah, you always, and I met, and that's how I meet the 119 guys. Oh, so many good guys. You know I'm in board 119 there. too, right? I, I didn't know, I assumed you were, being that you're doing PSL, but I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, But such, so, I made friends out there. They're amazing referees. Oh, God. Tom Ucision, uh, Juan Fung, I don't know if you know Juan. Juan. <laughs> you know, uh, Brad Tracy was a friend of my dad's, you know. Uh, Richie Crams is in 119. Richie Crams is 119. Ed Kenny was a 119. Mm. Marty Gately's a 119. But uh, I, I met so many guys. Richie Crams assigned this uh, league at St. John's. They played in Alumni Hall. Uh, the only time I'll ever be able to ref at Alumni Hall. But <laughs> it was um, a uh, fraternity league. Mm. And what a nice league. I, you know, you work uh, two or three games uh, a night. It was nice. I'm working with Lenny Phelan, Kenny Phelan. You know, uh, those guys are from 119, mm-hmm. Jimmy Quinn. I got to know these guys. What nice guys. And I, I tell you, I have so many friends, so many friends in the referee world that go all the way out to Montauk, all the way into to Queens and Brooklyn, you know, and it's, it's just, I love it. I love it. I would be remiss that if you just had the opportunity, I hope you wrote this down on a list, but all your peers that you've worked over these past 33 years of that mean a lot to you, that you've done so many battles and, you know, I still have yet to do a battle with you. I've always seen you either before or after Fingers one of my cross. games. Fingers are crossed. It's gonna, uh, Cos, I'm sure Cos will listen to this and uh, yeah. populate some games. We uh, did talk uh, about him enough, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows how we feel about him. But if you can, just list uh, some of the some of the amazing officials that you've worked side by side in different games. You know, going back, uh, one of our board forty one uh, guys who would work the finals every year. Him and him and Tom Casey, partners on the final. Joe Podere. What and and a, a good great official, but an even nicer man. It, tough tough to meet anybody nicer. Uh, it's funny because uh, back when when uh, semis and finals were two men, 
I was always the alternate. <laughs> mm. I was at the table, yeah. you know, but watching them work. So uh, uh, Joe Podere is one, um, you know, uh, I, I actually work with Tom Casey uh, Sr., uh, he was a nervous wreck in our game. Wow, and really? I told, I told Tommy that. He goes, oh, yeah, I believe it. He was afraid he was going to screw it up for me. <laughs> me what? And I remember a play in particular. The ball went off the uh, bracket uh, of the, uh, the out of bounds, right? So he called it the other way. And I knew it was, I, I knew it was you know, belonged to the other team. I'm like, and uh, I, I can't correct Mr. Casey. I know that, I know that exact feeling. <laughs> so I didn't say nothing. Yeah. I was young. If I was, if it was now, I would. You yeah, know, you, you see, with you respect, say? right? What you, you know, did you see, you know, but uh, at that time, I was. Yeah, you. I was. He was near the end of his career. This course, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not changing it, yeah. you know. But uh, you know, it. Uh, and then, of course, I got my my guys uh, uh, in this day and age. Uh, you know, Doctor Ed, Chris Tranchina, Marty Shafrilla, Johnny Grice. Uh, you know, John Kaufman. It's funny. You know, I, I work with John. Uh, we had a game, a playoff game, many years ago. And uh, I'll say this to him now, but he, he might have been concerned working with me in this tough, tough game. And it was a tough, tough game. But we came out, and I think he gained respect for me mm. uh, then. Uh, and, again, it was a while ago, but uh, uh, I think, you know, he said, oh, I can ref with Gaskin. You know, he can ref with me anytime. And we talk about that game uh, every so often that uh, that we talk, you know. But, uh uh, Ed Kenny moved on, you know, um, who else is there? Uh, again, you know, Sammy Dominic, uh, you know, he's a character. I don't know how well you know him, but, uh, Sammy's heart is always in the right place. It's just how, how about he goes things sometimes, you know, but there was one thing he, uh, he told me once he thought that I reffed too far under the basket when I was the lead in a two man game. He says, widen up. And I'm like, yeah. Really, I, I, you know, and I, at the time I was doing okay. I, I opened up, and what a different view. What a great view. I said, Sammy, thank you, you know. So uh, Sammy Sammy has, has been a, a big supporter of mine, um, you know, for quite some time. I remember the first time I, I passed the class, so that summer, Kaz, uh, you know, I'm going to work the uh, Rockville Center League. So Kaz says, uh, go, down to, go down to Hickey Field and uh, look for Sam Dominic. He'll tell you what court to go on. And uh, that was the first time I met Sammy down wow. uh, at Hickey Field. And, uh, and I reffed, uh, reffed down there and uh, learning experience. Again, first year, uh, nervous. Um, I remember my first game. My first game was a JV game at, at Roosevelt, 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. I was with uh, a guy, Lenny Axe. Uh, Lenny, Lenny, I don't know if he was in 119, but uh, character, character, you know. But that was my first game, and my first varsity game was uh, with uh, Walter Sarzicki. I don't know if you know why. I know Walter. I've done yeah. baseball games with him. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And uh, I remember that game, uh, Call Place in East Meadow. Uh, so um, it's, it's, it's been a great ride. I wouldn't change anything for the world. Um, I never... I, I didn't have the confidence. I was, I was, it was tough enough. Just, just I'm surprised by this lack of confidence, but keep going. <laughs> Let's, I'm talking about 30 some odd years yeah. ago, uh, you know, to, all right, let me just concentrate on CYO and BOCES and let's not, you know, uh, but I never thought about going to college, even though my dad, uh, was a college official. Uh, a lot of his friends were signers. Mm-hmm. 
So not that it's fair, but if I decided at least that the door would open up a little bit easier for me than compared to another guy, I think. Never know. I never went that route. I'll never know the answer to that. But uh, I was. it was just tough enough getting confidence to do CYO mm. and JV. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Guy. I couldn't see myself yeah. doing college. And, of course, by the time I had the confidence for college, it's, it's too late. Well, at least for the big time. I guess maybe JUCO would have been a more realistic and – maybe some division three or two, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't regret it, but I would have liked to, if I had a chance to roll it back, eh, let me just try this road, see how it goes. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's, it's come and gone. I'm kind of a mixture of what you're saying and my own situation, because like as much as I aspire to get to the collegiate level, like I feel like this has gotten so big that I might, I might be okay with just doing high school and that I don't think that's a knock on me. I don't Not think that's all. a knock. I just think I'm better served in the officiating community by doing this and connecting people. So, you know, I, I get that there's a duality within me of saying like, well, I'm really good at this, but I'm also a good ref. And, you know, I, I vacillate back and forth, which is more important to me. But I did want to ask you about how you got involved with the administrative side of starting to become more of a, a front facing um, identification within the board. What, when, what like planted the seed for that? I, I tell you, I, I never had, well, this is, again, going back probably 1994. Uh, I was never thinking, and nor did my father push me in that direction. Why don't you become a board director? I never even thought about it. And then one summer I'm reffing down at Floor Park and, and uh, Joe Favaro, I don't know if you know him, Joe hasn't reffed in, in some time, but another great, great man. He goes, Joe, did you ever think, I think he might've been president at the time. Did you ever think of running for board director? I said, honestly, I don't. I said, what's entailed? Is there a lot of time? I got three-year-old twins. He goes, oh, no, you got a meeting and this and that. I said, all right, I'll give it a shot. I love it. I love it. Uh, so probably 94, 95, maybe. Wow. Uh, I've been a board director to this day. Um, I was fortunate enough to be president in, uh, what was it, 03, I think it was? Well, no, 06, 06, 08. Uh, it, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, we, we always have the best interest of the membership now. Granted, you know, you have some guys that, well, they, they're only interested in this part. Mm -hmm. And you have young guys, and you kind of have to, I know, you know, you always have to, we're always going to have new guys. So you can't forget about them. Right. You have to talk about, you know, hey, make sure you get your, your uh, availability in, make sure you put, you know, and the old, older guys or the senior guys have been around, oh, I don't want to hear this again. Yeah, you yeah. know, and they kind of get bored. So, but uh, it, uh, you know, and listen, when we do our contract, with the OCC and BOCs and stuff, you know, there's only so much you, you, you can do, you know, you can't ask for a $20 raise, a $10 raise, you know? Uh, so you, you are limited, but it, 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 and I'm never, I was never involved in, on that side of it, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, you, you can, you can only do so much and what they have, and you just got to make sure that they're not throwing something else new in there, mm. uh, that, that, you know, we don't want, you know? But I've always enjoyed uh, that side of it. Um, you know, now uh, I'm Richie's assistant, treasurer, uh, secretary treasurer. Um, eventually, you know, when Richie moves, I'm going to be in that position. Uh, he's training me, and uh, I'm looking forward wow, to it. Wow, if he's training you fast, it means it's moving it, it, well, soon. <laughs> I, if you ask some people, he's not fast enough because mm. <laughs> he's, he's been talking about right. it. But uh, I am uh, – I'm – Calmly waiting, you know, and uh, whenever he decides to go, yeah. uh, and he's not going to leave me uh, hanging either. He's going to train me to the best. I think the unique situation, at least in 119, is that it opens up like six avenues, right? You can do PSAL Brooklyn, Queens, PSAL Manhattan, 
Um, Bronx, you can do Sta- uh, Staten Island PSAO. You can do all of those things if you're a city official. In Board 41, you're only you can only do Nassau games, Nassau right? Games. Or you, I mean, you can venture around the city, but you have to go through certain loopholes to to get through that. But yes. you know, I think it. As of recent, I'd say within the past two three years, I think the Big Brother program has been very instrumental in trying to identify officials that might not necessarily have the correct rankings because we all know out here, yes. it's basically predicated on the coaches and your performance in those games, which you know is very tough for a younger official because you have that pressure. You have that pressure of knowing what you're doing. You have that pressure of maybe working with a veteran official where you don't feel as strong as them. And then in real time, it, it affects your performance. So all of those confluences of circumstances, it's kind of much more difficult as opposed to in the city where it's like, well, we have a thousand games. You just have to do it. Yeah, you just, yeah. just get thrown in the fire. Just throw you in the fire. But what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's aspiring to get to the varsity level on board 41 with the assistance of the Big Brother program? Well, I'll tell you, the, the Big Brother program was started many years ago. I think it was Frank Honenkamp that may have first started it, and uh, and Joe Michalassi has taken it over and has done a, a, a great job with it. Uh, you know, we, we, we mentioned in our meetings, you know, anybody out there that wants to be looked at, contact. Contact us. We'll put you in the right, you know, direction, which I've been fortunate enough that guys have asked, can you come watch me? Can you come watch me, you know? Uh, there are a lot of tools at these younger officials in Board 41's hands. They just have to know about them. Um, I think we do a good job of, of uh, making them aware of them at the meetings. Um, I, one thing that you were mentioning, too, about the guys who are good officials, but for whatever reason, they, they haven't gotten the ratings. Uh, BOCES was, was very uh, nice in, in uh, starting a, a program where they let our senior guys go out there, or retired guys, mm-hmm. to look at, Let's say they have the top 10 of the lower level. I don't know how they figured out who they would go look at, but go look at these guys. You know, uh, they're not, they should be varsity officials, but they're not. And our guys would go out and, and watch them. And yeah, they're good. And they belong in the varsity. And they would submit their report to Bosey. Hey, and they get the, these guys belong up and Bosey's listened and, and brought them up. I think you mentioned Greg uh, earlier, Greg Sassier. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he was one of the guys that may have benefited from that. You yes. Know, who's a heck of official. I only worked with him on the Catholic side. What a good official. Yeah. I, and I can't believe I reffed him. And, and Well, uh, here's here's the thing that we, <laughs> we we used to be in CYO doing St. Saint, Saint Raymond's in, you know, the small ceiling where it hits the, I mean, just to think how unserious we were at that moment. And then, you know, I do what I do. And he was on the, um, he was on the double A championship for the Catholic League in the city. Wow. I mean, he it was Stepanak versus St. Ray's. He was on that game. Wow. And to think like, you know, right. he couldn't, couldn't can't even uh, get a, a varsity game at home. That's, <laughs> that's the frustrating side of it, Ralph, you know? And like I said, I'm glad Bosey's realizes that and allows our guys to go out and look at our guys and mm-hmm. say, hey, this guy belongs. This guy's doing college. He's doing city cat, like you said, though. Yet he, he can't do a varsity yeah, game. Yeah, it's very perplexing. And they listened and they, yeah. they brought him, you know? I don't know if you know... Going back to 119, Paul Toomey. I know Paul. What a, what, you know, it's funny. I ref with him in that Greek league I mentioned that Tony Delway assigned. And I remember we did, uh, we did a game uh, at this one parish. And it's the first time I saw him. And I said, wow. And I think it might have been his first year, or yeah. second year. I said, wow, Paul, you're, you're good, man. You know, and now he's in the G League and he's, mm-hmm. man, I think he's banging on the NBA door. He's, he's close. You know, he's close. I just spoke to him eh, like five days ago, maybe. He yeah. was supposed to do the championship at uh, yes. the New York. That's what I heard. Yeah. And did he? No. I think he had to do something with his wife or something. I don't oh, know. 
But that's okay. Yeah. What did I say? Family. Yeah. Family, family first, for sure. Up, you know, but, uh, you know, there's another guy I remember doing a diastin championship with CYO, Steve Rubenthal. Mm-hmm. Steve's from Suffolk. I said, man, you know, you are a good ref. You're a good ref. Now he's doing D1 and and, and really having a, a nice referee career yeah. as well. And, you know, these are guys that I, I saw him in CYO game. Not that I had anything to do with it. No, but, but it's, saying- it's, it's crazy to see. But it's also crazy to think that, you know, somebody like Paul or somebody like Steve, we still love this game so much. We'll, we'll ref anything. Love it. <laughs> love it. And that's another thing. We have discussed here. But I always like guys to get into it because they want to. Yes. I mean, the money's good. But don't, don't do it for a side job, you know. First off, come in and and try to hone your craft. I think as James Washington, uh, James Washington said, hone your, you know, become a good official. The money will come. And, and listen, don't. I'm not turning my check. No, don't give me the check today, school. I'm I'm, I'm good. No, you know, the money is good, uh, but you you want to be in it for the right reasons first, and then enjoy the rewards that come with it as you move up the ladder and and, and so forth. You right. Know? Right. So what kind of advice would you give somebody like me who is trying to get involved with the board? Don't give up. I, know, I think you ran this year, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Don't give up. I won't. Good. I'm glad to hear it because I love your passion. And I think you would be very good uh, for the board. I don't know how many guys know you. Do, they, do a lot of guys know you? I think they all know me now. Okay. Yeah, good. I think I'm at good. that point. Good. So you, this is the first time you ran, right? Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah, Tommy told me you're going to run one year and... Absolutely. Just run one year. Just, just, just yeah. keep on putting your name in there, and uh, you'll get it. I hope you get it. Yeah, well, you know? we'll, we'll I would love to see you. I still got this, so <laughs> this works out for me too. This is. Great. I feel like, um, like Board Forty One is like the federal government, and <laughs> within the realm, there's a terrorist group, referee rant, that just kind of does whatever he wants. So it's it's okay. I'm the board of directors of my own thing. Uh, this is a great, great uh, option here. I mean, obviously, I I started refing. There was no such thing as an internet. You know, now there is, and and you're bringing it. It's 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 so, great. yeah, I yeah. Mean, and really I, I also think I changed the perception of it because I, I also think that you know the older refs never saw any value in using this other than it being like critiquing somebody or negative. Like I have shown that no, you can you can use it for positive things. Absolutely, it's it's definitely a good tool to Absolutely. use. Absolutely. Uh, going back to you, after everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a basketball official? Um. You know, hard work, 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 work. That's what they always say. You know, work, ref, ref, ref. You got to be careful, though. I mean, I don't want to go do uh, five games at, at a venue because then you develop some some bad habits. You know, I mean, once you've once you've established yourself and you're a good official, uh, you know, if you you have the stamina and and you can concentrate for five games in a row, go do it. I mean, I used to do back in the day. You know, maybe two CYO in the morning. And then three Armenian league games in the afternoon, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, like I said, hard work and, and be yourself. Be yourself and, and listen to critiquing. Listen to constructive criticism. Um, you know, uh, hopefully who's ever giving you that constructive criticism is uh, doing it in a nice way. Uh, not ripping you apart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because uh, all of a sudden somebody starts ripping. Well, I know what I do. I shut down. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'll just say this too, just as a, a coach, I've definitely seen an evolution of kids that I've coached like from the beginning because I think my era, like especially like if you played basketball in the 90s, you're used to your coaches going like, he doesn't want to play. You don't want to play for no, let's get on the bench. And that'd be like a normal interaction. But now 
I wouldn't say that kids are more sensitive, right. but they just don't respond to that type of militaristic yelling anymore. Yeah. So I know for me, I've had to change my style. style. And, and not that I was draconian in the beginning as a coach, but more so just like empathizing with the kid, understanding why we're doing something and getting them to the point where they are intrinsically motivated to do something. And I, I feel this truly feel the same way for officials now that we're getting more younger referees Absolutely. and that they're getting excited. You know, sometimes it's not best served to to rip somebody like that. No, there's always a good way to say it. I mean, Absolutely. you could still have the point across by saying it, you know, very positively. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, I, I guess if uh, if a guy shows up and he's in work boots. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I, we don't have to yell. That's just like, I mean, what I'm are we doing? I'm going to find here? out why. He <laughs> might have had a bad day. Right. What are we doing here? I'm going to find out why. But I, I'm not going to rip him, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, I always, if I was ever, if I'm ever critiquing, so, hey, can I tell you a few things? Sure. Go ahead. Well, sometimes, believe it or not, you're going to, no, I'm good. Okay. All right. Enjoy your career. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, I mean, you, do? you told them, right? Yeah. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go now that you, you've done so much? What, what else yeah. is there left? Uh, I've uh, in my high school career, I've done it all. Uh, so I've, I've reached the pinnacle of my career. I'm um, certainly if I was uh, 20, 30 years younger, maybe, and I have the same confidence level, maybe I would have said, hey, I'm going to try and get to that next level in the college level. Uh, but that boat sailed and I have no regrets. Uh, I, I've been very fortunate in, in my career for whatever reason, you know, how, how did I get selected? Because let me tell you, as you know, there's a lot of good officials out there and any one of them could have done the big games that I've done, could have done it with no problems, you know? Uh, so for whatever reason, I, I don't have the answer. Uh, I don't know, but, uh, all I know is that I'm a straight shooter. Um, I do my games. I do it to the best of my abilities, and, and I go home. And uh, that's all I, I can say, and, and just just uh, be a sponge. You know, go to these, watch these officials. Even if you're watching a college game, you know, watch these officials. Uh, I'll never forget the, uh, uh, me and John Zeitler, we got a phone call from BOCES a number of years ago. Hey, you're going to do the, um, the D, Long Island, no, the D final. The D final out in, uh, I think it was Greenport. And Greenport had this kid that set all types of scoring records. And a team came down from uh, Poughkeepsie or something like that. So uh, I go to Bosey. I said, all right, who am I working with? John Sadler. I said, oh, fantastic. Now, at that time, there was talk of three-man, not three-man. So is it a two-man or three-man game? At the time, me or John have never done a three-man game. No, two-man game. Oh, great. All right, so, uh, you know. A week later, or a week before the game, oh yeah, hey, how you doing? It's Bosey again. Um, yeah, it's a three-man game. What? You're gonna put me on a, a state, uh, regional final, and it's a three-man game. We've never done it before. So, John said, you know what? We'll take care of this. And so he, we call Bobby Testa, who at the time was doing D1 college, and uh, uh, we took him out for dinner. We picked his brain, mm. and. Uh, we succeeded. Uh, again, I'd like to see a video of it. <laughs> I know, but there were Suffolk guys in the stands. Oh, man. And they would love to to say uh, a Nassau guy screwed up. <laughs> Kaz wasn't there to have Kaz, a, a, a uh, camp at Kellenberg yeah, for you yeah. to learn three-person with well, fourth graders? It. And that's it. We didn't have three-man yet. Yeah. So we didn't get to that point where we yeah. teach guys. Uh, but uh, according to the Suffolk guys in the stands, it would be critical. They said we did a good job. So... But in that game, I, I couldn't tell you if I made good calls because I was so concerned about being where I'm supposed to be in a three-man game. Yeah. Is, isn't that interesting that 
when you, so for me, you do, you do two man games all this time and you're like, oh, I'm really good. And then you do three person. And you're like, you're so worried about where you need to be Absolutely. as opposed to refing. Absolutely. And I always tell people like, how do you get good at a three person game? Well, do a lot of three person games yeah. or start watching it. Because I think maybe if you watch 10 games, it'll probably equal one game for you. Absolutely. So that means you have to watch like 80 games in order for you to get good. And that's what I did. Watch games too. You know, uh, but now it's the next second. Yeah, nature. it's not that it's, hard. I love it. I, I think it's easier. I, oh yeah, yeah. much and, and better for the, for the players and, and the coaches. You for know? sure, for sure. Um, if you can pinpoint one moment in your whole illustrious career, what do you think is the most stickiest situation that you've ever had as a basketball official? Stickiest situation. Let's see. Let's see. Um, well, I tell you, I early in my career, I remember uh, doing this one game, and I was new. And this coach was uh, screaming and yelling, and he deserved a T. But I didn't have the, the guts to call it. I was new, you know. I didn't know how, how long may I let this guy. And my partner, Bob Tester, again, different game, though, much earlier, teed him up. And what does the coach yell out? You know, Bobby, I don't mind getting a T, but I shouldn't be getting it from you. I should be getting it from him. Mm. And what I said, learning experiences. Yeah. I learned from that one. I did tee this guy up probably 10 years later. But I got, I got gotcha. you. But I didn't go into the game looking to get him. Right. You know, uh, let me see. I think I did write that down. Uh, stickiest. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, oh, there it is. Um, you know, sticky moment, missing a call that everybody in the gym saw, but you didn't. And the coach is going nuts. Uh, that's a sticky situation. Um, making a call. At the end of the game, having the guts to call it, but not popular, okay, uh, th that's tough. I had that happen to me. I called a uh, team was, uh, game was tied, playoff game, first round, game was tied, and uh, a team with the, 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 the ball half court, we know they're going to, uh, you know, last shot. Kid takes a, a three-pointer from the corner. Misses everything, comes out to the other side. The ball is going, and I know it's under ten seconds. I know, and the kid on the on the team that just had the ball pushes the defender in the back as the ball goes out of bounds, and I call a foul. I look up at the clock, point five, <laughs> point five. I don't have a problem with the call. It's the right call, but I'm putting the kid on the line with one on one. It, it doesn't up. match the situation. He he hits the first, misses the second, and they lose. Um, and I questioned myself, all right, what do I do? Now I made the call. It was a TV game. So I saw the replay. He did push him in the back, but do I pass on that? Is that fair to the guy who got pushed? Do I hold my whistle a split lo a second longer and mm. wait for it to go out of bounds? Mm. I guess so. And then we go into overtime. I don't know how coach is going to react, uh, that his kid got pushed, but I had to make, I had to make that call, and uh, certainly uh, home team wasn't happy. And uh, I may not have been back to the school since, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's a tough situation. Yeah. Um, we had another one. I, we had a, a game that was on TV, uh, the A-Final. Uh, A-Final, and uh, it was uh, me, Johnny Zeitler, Chris Tranchina. And uh, uh, we have an inbound, and, and the team was losing. Um you know, by a bunch, but they weren't giving up. And uh, we have a uh, we have an inbound ball. I'm the uh, lead down court. Uh, team is pressing. 
inbound the ball, half court. Now two kids grab the ball. All right. All of a sudden, the kid uh, that's on offense uh, called a timeout. John's there. He reaches. He, he points to the bench. Says timeout. White. And what happens behind his back? Uh, the kid kind of elbowed, or you know, uh, allegedly elbowed. Okay, because none of us saw at the time. He calls a timeout. I'm in front of their bench. I said, Coach, what do you want, full or 30? And then I hear body on the floor. And I'm like, oh, boy. And John had his back. Chris had inbounded. He didn't see what happened. And now uh, all heck breaks Chris told me about this game. He did. I think he mentioned it in the interview. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things. Not not that we didn't, you know, I didn't want to. But I just was like, what do you want, full or 30? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, like putting on your seatbelt. Yeah. Especially when you have all this experience. So it's like, exactly. That and, doesn't normally happen. You know, and then at the time we had people in the stands that said, he took a flop. And I went, oh no, they swore on replay. It doesn't look good. And, and I had that one team who the kid allegedly, you know, ripped the ball and, and got the kid in the face. Uh, I had them uh, quite a few times that year. And, and I told him, I said, I hope when we see this video, you know, you didn't do anything like that. So I ended up getting them the following week in the regional, Long Island Regional, and they announced the Stein Labs, you know, how they come up and shake our hand. He comes up to me and says, I'm sorry. Because he, you know, I, I, he did what he did. Yeah. Again, it wasn't so obvious where he punched the guy. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. one of those things that you happened. Know. And our six eyes that are out there just looked away for a split second. Right. And, I mean, thank God we controlled it. Nothing else happened, mm-hmm. but coach ripped into us and we let him rip into us because yeah. we weren't sure at the mm. time. And uh, you move on. Yeah. Again, you learn, you know, you learn, but uh, that was uh, that was a tough one. Yeah. So I'll, I'll even say this, like, first of all, Joe Gaskin, if no one knows him across the country, around the world, <laughs> I mean, this guy is a legend in my board. I mean, he does all the big games and he deserves it because, I mean, me, the first thing that I, I what stands out for me is always play calling ability and poise. I don't care about the rule, like all that stuff. Like you can learn all that, but it is really the presence that you have. I always go like, man, this guy's just good. Uh, yeah. Just uh, good. And uh, just when, when you were saying how, you know, even you get into these sticky situations, cause like we're, we're all not devoid of that. It's good to hear from just a referee's perspective, especially like for players and coaches, we don't want to mess up the game either. We can't just as much. I don't want to mess up. So when, you know, I, I want, I want people to know like coaches, like, I feel bad, too. Like, I genuinely, intrinsically feel bad, Absolutely. too. And I'm sure you felt bad, like, in that oh, moment. Absolutely. And, and like I said, that one with the, did I do right there? That, you know, and, and I sat, I went to the locker room, like, I sat there, and I'm like, oh, did I just screw up, you know? And I got a, a text from a guy who was, who was working on the game, the TV game, goes, Joe, right call. You had to call it, you know? Uh, and and I, don't, I, I don't feel bad that I made the call. I just feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Second, I mean, you know, did I did I do wrong? You know, it'll happen again that? too, Joe. Oh yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it'll it. happen it'll again. It'll happen again. And uh, you know, like I told you earlier, I thought I said, you know, I go into a game if there are eighty calls, I want eighty calls right. I don't want seventy eight, seventies. I want eighty calls hmm. right. We all know that we're human, and we're going to miss it. It depends on our angle, you know. But that's what we have partners for too. So yeah. hopefully, our partners pick up what maybe we're straight lined. Yeah, that's good to know that you have a heart. Um, <laughs> having said that. Out of all the great moments that you've had, if you can pinpoint one, or if you have multiple, what is your best moment as a basketball official? Uh, you know, uh, I have to say, uh, going to the uh, state championship first time, because what year was that? Uh, I think it was two thousand three. Two 
2003, um, I had uh, I had Amityville in the semi with AJ Price, and um, uh, but getting up there, you know, all right, I've 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 been climbing this ladder. Were you nervous? Feet. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I was it three men. It might have been three men. I'm not sure. I had to be three person. Game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, in 2003, I'm 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 trying to remember now, uh, but. At least when I did it, I had a little bit of experience doing three man, uh, but but getting up there and I say to myself, well, I've I wanted to go as far as I could on the high school level. I'm not going to college. I made it, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to go four times in total. And uh, again, there are so many guys out there that could be there as well, yourself included. You could do those games. Bobby Testa once told me, he goes, Joe, you know what the difference is between a top high school guy. And a guy doing D one, and he and he he put his fingers together about a half an inch apart. He goes, "That's the difference." True, which made me feel good, you know. And that's oh, geez, maybe I should have tried college. But uh, there there were so many good officials. How come I got selected? You know, maybe that year the you know the coaches I got good ratings, and and you happen to work two games with a guy who doesn't rate well and right. kept you. You know, mm-hmm. it, again, it's not a fair system. But uh, uh, getting that that state final, of course. Listen, I. Uh, you know, getting a Catholic final and, and the county finals. I mean, they're all they're all great moments and uh, uh, honored. I'm honored to to be in that position to get it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and I'm honored to at least do one game with you. Uh, I, I don't know if it is the state or federation championships, wait. but you know, I, I just just from somebody that's from Nassau County that does the same games you do. I mean. You know, it's it's something that I aspire to because I still got things that I want to check off. Like, you know, I've been to federations, but that to me, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I, I still want to excel as much as I can. And I know you feel the same way. And, you know, my final question to you is officiating has done so much, so much in your life. Right. So you've been able to uh, bring your wife to Macy's. You've uh, <laughs> been able to bond with your dad in, in, a, in a weird way in the beginning. And then eventually it became kind of like your life's work, right? Like your, sure. your secondary job has become a passion. It's become a, you know, a avocation, uh, that, as they say. That's right. Um, you've, you've been able to travel to the States. You've done so many big games. You've met so many great people. You've been on this podcast. What does is, what is officiating mean to you? What has it given to you in your life? It's given me great friends. Great friends. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, the Johnny Zeitlers and the Shafrilla, Dr. Red, and, you know, uh, Chrissy Tranchina. It, it, it has given me friendships. And again, not just in, in Nassau. I told you earlier about the guys I met at 119. All good guys. The guys I met out in, in Suffolk, you know, both boards. Um, that's what it's all about. And I, and I know uh, probably Chris and Marty uh, on their early podcast, you know, you get that schedule. And I look, I look on the right side, I see who the partner is, you know, and I hope I see familiar names. And again, not if I get an unfamiliar name, it doesn't mean I'm not happy about that game. I'm happy. And I hopefully, you know, uh, if it's a guy who can learn or it's a guy who just I haven't met yet, you know, because there are still a lot of good guys yes. I don't know. Yes. That, that are, so, you know, you look at that and you see your partners, then you look over at the game and uh, write it in our book and uh, can't wait uh, for those games. And, and much like when postseason assignments come out, 
we're like a, a bunch of little uh, you know women. What'd you get? What'd you get? Who are you with? Oh, and I know that experience from last week because I was trying to do my tournament coinciding with yeah, Kaz's thing. Yeah. And you guys were like, I don't know. I'm still in the mix for the semifinals. It's so funny. It's like well, we're playing musical chairs here. And, and, but you know what? You you want your your friends and your partners to do well as well. So you, you all want to share in it. Who got the semi? You know, you got it. Oh, great. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it, and that's what makes it special. And, uh, you know, and when you don't get it, hey. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, I'm so glad so and so and so and so and so got it. You mm -hmm. know. So, uh, but I think I think that's what I have to say. Some of the great people and friends that are here and that have passed, and um, you know, I've been involved uh, in one way or another uh, with Refn through my dad uh, as a kid, going to his games, meeting all these guys, seeing a guy at my house tonight who's on TV on Channel 4 for the Game of the Week on Saturday. Because there was only one Game of the Week. There wasn't uh, multiple ESPNs, you right. know. And uh, uh, one thing before we go, I wanted to mention Pat Milan. You don't know him. But Pat Milan, we give out that Milan Award uh, every year. And uh, Pat, uh, when, when he passed away uh, during halftime of a game at Hofstra, a uh, high school game, um, my mom and dad uh, had to go and find his wife. And I was 16 at the time. Phone's ringing off the hook. It's all refs. Your dad there? Your dad there? What happened with Pat? You know, and uh, it was, it was a, a, a tough moment because uh, I knew him. I knew him as a, as a kid, and at the time I was 16. Uh, it was a tough thing for, for me. But, uh, uh, you know, Board 41 uh, came up with the award you know, the Pat Milan award. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to, to win it, uh, in 2003. Uh, it's an honor. And I, I know probably 80% of the board don't know who Pat Milan is. And, um, at our dinner, when it comes time for that award, you know, it's, it's easy for people to, Hey, I'm talking to you. We're talking about this, not paying attention but, and I can understand, all right, we're giving out an award. I don't know the guy, uh, but, but he, he was a tremendous uh, official and a, a great human being, somebody who would help. And I just, all I like is, is during our dinners, if everybody can just take a minute out as the, the, the new guy who gets presented the Milan award uh, until he gets, and the guys have been good. But again, I can, I can understand 80% of the guys probably don't know who he is, but he was such a big part of uh, board 41 who ended up dying refing like we all do uh something that he loves wow uh, so uh uh you know it it uh, it means it meant a lot my dad had won it he was the third guy to win it uh, when it first came out in 77 and uh i was fortunate enough to win it and we got so many good guys uh now and so many good guys for the future uh, if we ever have a dinner again, yeah, I was going to say, was twenty twenty three? Like, when, when is this going to go? Yeah, but it, it it is an honor. It is an honor. Yeah, so. yeah. Man, this has been it, it's been a thrill for me to just listen to your story and all the you know different bumps, bruises, yeah. twists, turns, and and that you're thirty three years later. I mean, it it inspires me to say like, you know, I'm just I remember when. Uh, so I'll even tell you this story. Um, the first time I tried out for cause, I didn't make it, and I thought I was good. But realized that, oh, I need to learn how to do three-person games. So you know, I start going to the city. I come back. I remember I even waited another year. And there was a gentleman by the name of Tommy Caramella in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm like, what do I need to do? What, what Do I need to tell Kaz something? Do I, 
what do I do? And he says, how's your three person? I said, I mean, it's better. I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult also to evaluate when you're, you know, reffing fourth graders at a, at a camp. It's just, it's like a weird, yeah, ironic sure. thing. But he said, you know, tell him you do girls. And, you know, and, and he said that really opened up my career. I started going to states and federations. And then, you know, since then, I did exactly what he said. And that's always important to have like a mentor like sure that. Too. You know, I, I, I think that basketball officiating, sometimes we we overcomplicate it as if like there is an algorithm, but there really isn't. All you have to do is just latch on and replicate the success of somebody else. It's yeah. really not that hard. You know, yes. just listen, put your head down, work as hard as you can. That's always the the common denominator. So when Tommy gave me that information, I got into the Catholic League. Lo and behold, I got my first, you know, girls varsity game. And then, you know, two years later, you know, he was like, well, one day, if you keep doing this, you'll you'll get to federations or states. And then, you know, two years later from that moment, we drove together. And it was like such a special moment to Absolutely. me that it wasn't like I was watching him. It was like I was refing too. So, you know, shout out to Tommy, somebody that's been an inspiration for oh, me. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this. We went to the same high school. We have the same birthday. We're 10 years apart. No, and we're from the same town. I yeah. did not know that. <laughs> so me and Tommy are always uh. going to be linked. But, you know, I think just... In terms of longevity, when I hear your story from soup to nuts, and you're still doing it at a very high level, it inspires me to, you know, constantly realize and going back to what Tommy said to me at the federations, you know, there was a moment where we shared and I was like, yo, congratulations for everything you've done. He's like, nah, man, this is this is your weekend. It's your first time up here. Like, soak it all in. And, and he he said the gravity of it was like, you know, these are state champions versus state champions. But the thing that really um, impressed upon me, what he said was, you're just scratching the surface. Yeah. And, you know, just listening to your story, maybe he's, he's right. You know, I have so much more to give and you still have so much more so, to give. So early in your career, you're getting those games. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. Yeah. Kudos to you, sir. Yeah, but I still want to do those Nassau <laughs> playoff games, so. You will. Yeah, I will. You and will. I just hope that you're still around to do I it, man. I am too. <laughs> I'll be around somewhere. Hopefully it's on the court, but I, I'll be still being around. The girls is, it can come knocking if you want to do it. But <laughs> I thank you, Joe. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Uh, listen, thank you so much, uh, for putting me on the rant. Uh, it's, uh, another thing on my bucket list I could check off. Uh, it's an honor. Uh, I think you think, gave me too much credit. <laughs> all right. But it certainly is appreciated. Uh, I think what you're doing is fantastic and, and good luck, uh, with the podcast, although you're already on your way with that and good luck in your refereeing career. And I hope that we get to do something uh, next year as well. Yes, I appreciate Absolutely, that. Absolutely, man. Fist bump to you. I know you're still vaccinated anyway. That's but all right, man. Yeah, for Joe Gaskin, Ralph the Ref, this is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace.